Hi folks, I'm Alan Watton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 15th of December 2010. Newcomers, as always, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and help yourself to as many of the downloads of audios as you wish, where I try to give you shortcuts to understanding this big complex, big picture of reality in which you are born into, where everything's controlled from a a very high level, of course, through, and it's, it has tentacles through all aspects of life and society and agencies, organizations, governments, and so on. And this is what you're presented with as reality. And, of course, it's all micromanaged, to say, from a, a capstone at the top. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. We don't stumble down through time, uh, just having crisis and panics and sorting them out through politicians. It doesn't happen that way at all. The politicians there are there to rubber stamp orders that are given by their bosses, And we go along with all this because the media, of course, is an arm of government and they're meant to keep you thinking that you are just stumbling down through time willy-nilly with accidents happening here and there. So help yourself to those audios. And remember, too, you can also get transcripts in English of a lot of the talks for prints up from any of these sites that's listed on cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you can also get uh, transcripts in other languages for prints up if you go into alanwatchsentinel.eu and help yourself to those ones. It's got a variety of their, of, of uh, languages there now. Remember, too, that you're the audience that bring me to you because I don't bring on the advertisers as guests. And I could. And uh, believe you me, it would certainly help. But uh, that'd be kind of hamstrung in a sense that I couldn't just say what I wanted to say half the time either because you're beholden to people who, who then become your sponsors. The ads on this show are paid by advertisers directly to RBN. I've got nothing to do with them. And that pays for the airtime and RBN's bills uh, for the staff and equipment and all the rest of it, which, like everything else today, doesn't last that long. You've got to keep upgrading stuff all the time. Things aren't meant to last. And remember, too, you can buy the books and discs and so on I have for sale. That's what keeps me going. It's cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you see how to do it there, too. There's buttons to take you to different pages. From the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check. And you can also use an international postal money order from your post office. Some people to send cash and others use PayPal. You'll see the PayPal donation button there. You can order with it. Just send the donation, followed by an email with your name, address, and order. And I'll get it right out to you. And you've got to be awfully quick now because Christmas is pretty well here. And I'm sure the, the post office is backlogged uh, with stuff, so don't uh, hang around too long. And uh, same across the rest of the world, you've got the choice of Western Union, MoneyGram, or PayPal to order or donate. It's up to you. And remember, too, those out there who listen all the time, use information, and then even put it up on their own blogs and so on, Pass a penny here once in a while because it would help me keep me going through a donation. As I'd be really appreciated, believe you me. Thousands and thousands listen, and um, 
In fact, there was this show when it started shaped the whole direction of where the Patriot Movement was going, which was basically navel-gazing. It wasn't looking at the whole world scenario and realizing that, hey, someone stole our country a long time ago. And I've been trying to point that out, and lots have taken up the, the gauntlet and run with it too to let the public know what's really been happening uh, behind their backs. And that's a great technique too, is to keep your navel-gazing when your governments for 50 years or 60 years have been signing international agreements and signing all your sovereignty away. Quite something. We live in a a magic box, really, and everything is theatre. Everything is theatre, with a purpose. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. It's a system that we're born into, as I say, a system, a complete system, not partial system or a system for one area of society and humanity. It's a complete, all-encompassing system you're born into. And you're being programmed for the next step and the next step, beginning with childhood. And you don't realize that's what's happening to you, no one tells you. And most can't even figure that out. But you're, you've been led for an awful long time by people of the old Bernays school and uh, the, the people who took over after him and added all the, the new data to, uh, to their science with behaviorism and so on. Now they call it neuroscience and neuroeconomics and all the rest of it. It's how, all how things affect you, how you will react to things. But they know where they want to take you, so they've got to change you. That's the beauty of this science. Because in the old days, of course, politicians used to think that they would just give reason out to the people, the public, give them facts and be reasonable, and their logic would make them see your points of view. And then they understood that people don't really work that way because people run on emotions. They run on various factors and various impulses and and uh, and things running through their, their mind and so on. And so these are unconscious or subconscious desires, etc. And Bernays was a guy who first publicly came out and used the science. I say publicly came out because before that there were many people before Bernays who understood this very old, old science. And Bernays was given the, the accolades for transforming America into a consumer society. There's the key right there. If you can't get the public to do what we want, then you alter the public so so that they will do what you want. You alter the public. And no one had thought of that, at least in the 20th century. It had been done before in previous centuries, but that's a trick of it all. Alter the public and train them, and that's what government's into now in a big, heavy, heavy way. You have been all your life being trained for the next step of what's to come, the next part of society, including the communitarian society. There's many names for it now, too. But uh, that's what's happened, and um, the general public are oblivious to it. They always have been. They're kept oblivious by the media, and the media's job is not to tell you the truth. That's come out out at actual court trials, that the media's job is not to tell you the the public the truth, that there's nothing in any law that says news must tell you the truth on anything. It's an arm of government. And, of course, 
accompanying, accompanying that too, you have the entertainment industry, the vast, incredibly well-organized entertainment industry. They can make you laugh and cry and make you angry and implant many things in your head. With, that's, that's how you do it too. You embed a, a, a something you want the public to think about and be this way and that will be their opinion. You embed it along with an emotion. So it's emotive embedding, they call it. And that's really what uh, the movies and so on are all about. And they can also, through the culture industry, debase you to such an extent uh, that, just like in ancient times, the truly, truly pagan people, they're into a lot of debauched uh, culture, um, were easily ruled over by their masters, whether father, foreign masters or their own masters didn't matter. They were easily managed. And that's what you want to do if you want to bring down a society at a certain time too. You give them quite a few years of this uh, preparation and you alter them in such a way so that they'll behave the way that you want them to, exactly as Bernays uh, talked about uh, in, in a few of his talks. So it's an ongoing procedure, as we see, ongoing all the time. The mind job that's been done on the whole world's population since 9-11 is nothing short of fantastic. And the guys involved should really get all the, the, the Oscars and all the, the big awards from the United Nations as well for doing such a fantastic job in brainwashing the public into such a state that they can't remember where Bin Laden was supposed to even be living, if he was indeed even living, and if it had anything to do with 9-11 at all. Because I can remember at the time, Afghanistan was the, uh, the country they wanted to attack. They'd already said that 10 years previously with a new American century group that was in government when Bush was there. And uh, they wanted to attack Afghanistan and then Iraq and then Iran and then Syria. And Israel actually wanted them to, to continue all right down through the whole lot of them without stopping, in fact. That was in the papers at the time for those who have memory. But... It's astonishing that they, they actually did polls in Canada to see if the, the American public uh, thought that uh, Saddam Hussein had anything to do with 9-11 because the U.S. swung its guns once it was into uh, Afghanistan. It swung its guns on Iraq. And the next thing you knew, the Americans really started to believe through, again, through nothing but media propaganda uh, that it had always been Afg- uh, uh, Iraq who was behind it. And it had always been Saddam Hussein. And they did polls, and they published them in the Canadian mainstream papers and and said that uh, within a few months, the American media had been able to convince the most of Americans that had nothing to do with Afghanistan. They'd forgotten all about Afghanistan. It was a racket. It was a problem all the time. That's the power of propaganda and repetition. It's really astonishing. Now it's so easy with the Internet to to constantly have the pulse on the public and what they're twittering and tweeting to each other, uh, like little birds in a tree, a lot of chatter, but they have no power whatsoever. They just don't know it. But they, they know exactly what you're talking about and complaining about, and they know when to switch their gun sights on any other country, like Iran, for instance, when you're ready for it, when you're not. And they always do it when you're up to your eyes in new taxes and big regulations coming down the pike. And to be honest with you, most people, and I've got to say this, most people really don't care 
about those people abroad getting blown up and killed. They have, they really, really don't care. They really don't care at all. Most folk don't. And of course, because they've been basically diffused, you might say, uh, they, no one will care when they get slaughtered too. I used to think of the Soviet Union, and I've seen enough of the horror films of come out of there, the documentaries of you know miles of bodies and and the incredible efficiency of which they killed people and disposed of them. It was incredible. It was like factory work almost the way they did it. And of course, we know that the Germans copied the Soviet system and. Uh, Germany sent teams, Nazi Germany sent teams to the Soviet to learn how to do it. But they never got all of it. They were never anywhere near as efficient. And that continued after World War II as well. And I've never forgotten these scenes. I never will forget these scenes because there's certain things you must remember or it will definitely happen again. And I honestly think we're all being led by the debauched society they have created uh, we're being led into the very same kind of system and scenario where mass calls could very well be done by governments on their own people. I really, really do believe that. They'd prefer to do it the slow way they've been doing it for ages, vaccinate the West, kill them slowly, um, not all at once, for instance, with vaccines and uh, change their food until they all have cancers of the stomach and so on. Uh, so with, with GMO food, but they really don't. Uh, get the big picture at the bottom at all. They still think things because I've been trained into this new this new form of paternalism. You're being well taken care of. Big brother really is here. You think, and you've got rights and, and so on and so on and so on. Even though, if you simply watch and scan the occasional piece of news with riots in different countries, more in Greece, uh, Britain's going through its riots with uh, students who've got massive cutbacks in their funding to get to university. And you see the brutality of the police now. Since the 80s, the police have changed drastically, and Britain and elsewhere, all at the same time. They changed from being peace officers to enforcement officers, and that was no mistake. That was to get the message out to you that the guy who wears black is the executioner. They changed from blue to black uniforms. Black has always been the executioner. So you're being trained towards something. And going back even further, the wonderful great uh, front group, the United Nations, with the statistics, etc., have been churning out statistics from the 60s saying uh, that the gap between the rich and the poor is winding. And with this new system uh, that was coming in, of course, what they meant really was to replace all the industry that you would have once it was going to China, which is electronics or computerization service industries, they knew that eventually it would only last for so long and then the riots would start. So the boys at the top are not stupid. Never, ever think for a, a second they are stupid. I'm not talking about the politicians, by the way. But never, ever think they're stupid and they don't know what they're doing. They're just handling things as it comes along and dealing with the crisis as it comes along. Never make the mistake of thinking they're stupid. They're very, very clever people who are hired. They scour the world for, for the think tanks, the guys who work for the think tanks. They scour the whole planet to find the right personalities. You know, the cold-blooded psychopathic types who can dissect society or an insect. It's, it's all the same to them. And decide what kind of 
way to handle the public to get them to this stage, to the next stage, to that stage, and to accept this, that, or whatever. And what you have to do, of course, as I say, is create the debauched society where there's no morality anymore. You know, the old way of, of giving morality was through churches. And you can say what you want about churches. They certainly had, were, were, by, they were not saints, believe you me, uh, that ran the churches. But at least it gave people some moral compass of what was socially acceptable so that their society could maintain itself intact in some kind of semblance of peace without killing each other or robbing each other blind or diddling each other's children. I'll be back with more on this after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix just talking about how the big boys knew and they wrote about it too when they destroyed religion to replace it with a a form of moral relativity but in reality uh, the ideas would be given to you through the media again entertainment industries of how the new culture should be and science of course would also be heavily involved and uh, as I say, we have neuroscience now and neuroeconomics to make sure that punishment and reward, the power of the purse, is used in the last phases of this particular system, which it is. If they want to stop you smoking, this up all the taxes, which they have done with the five-year uh, signatories that have done. Uh, five years have signed on. Every country signed on to ban smoking for five years in a row. Obama signed it this year again. And that's why everything jacked up. Next one is the law on, or the war on obesity. So fatty foods will go up in your restaurants and so on, all the fast foods. And then, of course, it will go on from there using the power of the purse. We'll get you off the roads until only the rich ones can afford the high taxes to drive on the roads. And this is how they can do it, by simple law, you see. It works very, very well. But talking about uh, even incest as well, because incest does uh, has been popped up down and uh, and again or up and again through the ages. Switzerland considers repealing the incest laws. These are what you expect to see when all religion has gone out the window, because religion itself had to adapt itself to existing uh, common law of all peoples, and these things were all taboo even before Christianity came along, except in certain places that were often in the, in the Middle East. But it says here, Switzerland is considering repealing its incest laws because they're obsolete. The Swiss Parliament is considering a law decriminalizing the sex between consenting family members. How can a child consent when they aren't even mature? And the upper house of the Swiss Parliament has drafted a law decriminalizing sex between consenting family members, which must now be considered by the government. Imagine even getting this far, eh? This particular law. It says there have only been three cases of incest since 1984. Well, maybe the law has been working. It says Switzerland, which recently held a referendum passing a draconian law that will boot out foreigners convicted of committing the smallest of crimes, insists that children within families will continue to be protected by laws governing abuse and paedophilia. Well, if you're taking away uh, this particular law, 
well, you still call it pedophilia if you're consenting children. Hmm. So you can see where the whole world is going. I was waiting to, for this one to come up since 2001 when the international uh, meeting was held for all the country's cultural censor bureaus, including the ones from, the, from Britain, the BBC, and Canada, and so on. They all went to it, and it was agreed there and then, and it came out in the newspapers by professors who attended that now they'd won the war on homosexuality and so on, uh, then the next step would be bestiality and, and um, intergenerational sex. They don't like to call it pedophilia. They have their own terminology for it for those who are members of that particular club. So that's what happens when we're through going between two ages and they're, they've got their big plans, of course, for the next stage. They want to drastically reduce the population. But in the meantime, they're ready to take it down every way they can. And when you have a debauched society, nothing, no one stands together, um, and no one will stand up for anyone else either, for that matter. Now, there's callers on the phone, and we'll take uh, Mariana from Mexico, if she's there. Are you there, Mariana? Hello? Hi, nice to meet you. Yes. Hello? Hello, yes. Yes, can, yes, hi. Uh, well, first, I want to thank you for all your wonderful work and all this information that you're sharing with us. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can, yep. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, so thank you, thank you, first of all. And second, um, uh, I have a comment. And, well, I was thinking we live in a psychopathic, psychopathic um, uh, system, and uh, it seems to me that every everyone or almost everyone down below the you know the big guys, as you say, are becoming or we are becoming kind of like them. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Am I correct on my perception? You, you are correct. Uh, in fact, and uh, the studies that have been done on psychopathy and, and the most uh, intelligent psychopaths always gravitate towards governmental positions. Uh, banking too, regulation. So anywhere where they can um, dominate others and reap the rewards of the high life. Um, years ago, they, they didn't do studies on that. They always classified them as the, the low street guys that would smash the jewelry store window and steal the jewelry. Uh, and it wasn't until Henderson Gillespie did a, uh, a, a published studies on higher level psychopaths. Uh, and they found that there's far more went into governmental positions, even to your local level because they don't see life as you do. But what they do when you have a psychopathic system, and a monetary system especially, is, is what they really bring into effect. What, what they do is they give the, the culture uh, to the people of a psychopathic culture, which we are all taught to emulate. So even though you're not necessarily a psychopath, most people will emulate the psychopathic culture, such as get ahead by any means possible, uh, one-upmanship, um, get above the guy next door by any means possible. That is psychopathic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. So, well, basically that's it. I just wanted to say hi, thank you, and make that comment. And well, again, thank you very much for all your wonderful work and sharing. Most of uh, all. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye now. Back with more after these messages.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix and we've got David from England on the line there. David, hello, can you hear me? Hello. Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just start out by saying what everybody else says. It's an honour to speak to you. And uh, I'd just like, I can't add to what you've said already. Uh, what I will say is there was a programme on ITV last night in England called The War You Don't See. Yes, Pilger, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, John Pilger. And uh, he basically... You know, don't take your word for it. Anybody can just sit and watch that. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Yes. And I would like to move on to what, if people are under any illusions of socialised medicine, I will explain what they have done to my mother. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, she had cataracts in both eyes. Uh, she had to go to the opticians, and I quote the optician, what do you expect me to do about that? Do you want me to refer you or not? We went to George Elliott Hospital in Nuneaton. She had uh, the first eye operated on. Uh, when we went back for the uh, visit, they got right and left mixed up. Uh-huh. They didn't even they didn't even know which one they'd done. Yes. We, she then proceeded to have the second eye done. Uh, a junior doctor was must have been in on the operation because they failed to open the lid four times. Mm-hmm. Both both eyes are now got blepharitis, which is a chronic condition for life. Yeah. Uh, the other day, we we laughed about it because there were, she said to me, "Is this a sign?" Because I can see a question mark in front of my eye. Mm-hmm. It's it's moving about literally. Uh, we looked into it. They are basically called uh, floaters. Yeah. Uh, so we went to Walsgrave Hospital, which is the eye casualty unit. And after we waited four hours, uh, we seen the doctor, and I'll quote him as well, although this is technically possible, I've never seen it. What they're basically doing is left a foreign object in her eye during the operation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he's referred us to somebody called Mr. Hero. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you, I'll be good luck in them ever admitting what exactly they've done, because these guys have to cover each other up, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're almost laughing about it, to be honest, if you're going to see somebody called Mr. Hero. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, remember, I remember I knew a, a, a surgeon who worked on, on chest and so on, and cardiac, and his name was Mr. Long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously. Yeah, and uh, we, I mean, the nurses we were speaking to at that hospital, they, they said, you know, where did you have it done? And we said, oh, George Elliott Hospital, and they just laughed. Yeah, yeah. They said, why did you have it done there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a whole bunch of articles over the last few weeks, actually, where, where the hospitals in, in Britain, they've put out a list of the best and worst ones and the ones to avoid. Now, it's that bad. It's that bad. You have to do your homework. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to look down the bottom to find George Elliott. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, also, my friend's uh, wife was, well, his fiance was pregnant. And uh, she went in for the birth, and basically the cord got wrapped around the baby's neck, and 45 minutes later, somebody came in to sort them out. Right, 45 and they, minutes. And they, and they lost the baby. 
Yeah, well, 45 minutes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was told by the solicitor that you're basically going to have to remortgage your house to sort this out. Yeah, and they're so powerful now, you'd probably lose anyway, even if it is their fault, which it was, obviously. Yeah, yeah forget yeah. it. Yeah, he, did, he didn't know how to shake his hand properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Everybody in Britain knows what the old boys' network is. And oh, yeah. If you, mention it to, if you mention it to people, they know because they start looking at the floor. Yes. So people have got to stand up and take it on. I am prepared to take it on. I won't back down to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. I'm prepared to speak out about everything that I've seen. Because if we don't do it now, what is the point in waiting? Yeah, well, you know something, too. The government uh, have cut back so many times over so many years uh, down to almost a third world status. And that's what's going to get brought down, too, by the way. That is the intention. The UN said under the treaty, every country will get the minimal medical care. That includes the U.S. and everywhere else, too, for those listening. And uh, Britain's a great example of where they've tried it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I would like to say is I'm, I'm not one of these who say, oh, England is the worst place in the world. I'd, I'd rather go to a hospital there than in Fallujah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's, they're cutting it back because, you see, everything's changed now. You're under an authoritarian regime. They knew they'd bring the, the medical system down to half-trained people. Uh, a lot of them wouldn't have got jobs before they're getting it in now. And they knew there'd be fallouts with the patients, lots of, of um, misdiagnosis and botched up jobs and so on. And so they've given total power to protect the medical fraternity. Yeah. yeah. What I will say is I, I believe that it will come to a point where the country will stand up because there are a lot of strong families here. I mean, I live in the area of basically the Blitz. Mm-hmm. And I know my grandparents would not let me sleep at night unless... Yeah. I'll put it right what's happening now because Nazi Germany is alive in Britain today and it's it as simple yeah. as that. It is, absolutely. And my grandmother died worshipping the Queen Mother for not leaving London during the bombing. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't even know whether that's true anymore. Yeah, yeah. When you've got the likes of Winston Churchill bayoneting people. It's, it's not quite true because I tell you, the Queen Mother and the, the Royal Family had... Um, RAF um, long-range bombers uh, going 24 hours a day in shifts in case they ever had to fly to America. Yeah, yeah. I said that to my gran. I mean, she's not with us anymore. None of my grandparents are with us anymore. Yeah. And they will be proud of me for what I'm doing today because I will stand up to anybody. Yeah. And that is your right. I mean, there's, there's justice and injustice, and you cannot let injustice carry on. Because believe you me, you end up with the same brutality and slaughter from the government that you, that you saw in the totalitarian regimes of the 40s and, and even prior to that with, with the Soviet system. That's all ready to go now. When I see all these guys, big beefy, you know, fat guys on steroids wearing black and, and they've got shaven heads, all set to go at the public, you're in trouble. You're, you're just wait, they're just waiting, chomping at the bit for their final command to go at the public. And believe you me, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah I've seen it already. I've, yeah. I've, I've worked 24 hour shifts looking after a man in a wheelchair, and I've had security staff in restaurants ask us to leave because somebody's complained that they don't want to look at him eating. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. now the council are prepared to throw this man out on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're cutting all funding for his council house. He's got to move back into an institution. That's, I've read that too. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. I'll tell you now, if they try and do that, the police are going to have to 
I don't know what they're going to do to get through the crowd that will stop them doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And meanwhile, Britain, through the EU, is building roads in Poland, uh, giving medical aid to build hospitals in China, and uh, but you can't look after your own people. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, uh, I could go on. You know, I've got a lot more to say, but I'll, I'll let other people get on, and I'll just thank you for everything you do. And I'll right. support, I've tried to support you when I can. I've bought your books. Uh, I'm sure you've, uh, you've told me you appreciate that. So yeah. I'd just like to say thank you for all that. And I've looked into everything that you've said, and nobody can deny any of it. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I'll, I'll bid you a good night because it's quite late here. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. And um, just to show you what's happening even in the U.S., uh, with medical care because they've been cutting it back for a few years and I've because I'm in touch with a lot of people in hospitals who fill me on what's actually happening and before this uh, socialization of medicine they were already working it in gradually through different hospitals but here's where it's coming to there too uh, this happened to a guy who was in a car smash uh, detaining patients against wishes carries legal risks and it says a man who was injured in a car crash and later misidentified as a cancer patient due for surgery, alleged that he was roughed up and illegally detained when he tried to leave the Maryland hospital where he was being treated. Though the case details, listen to what happened, the case details what legal observers agree are some unusual circumstances, it opens up a more common question of how far physicians and hospitals can go to hold patients against their wishes. Joseph L. Wheeler, whose case awaits a possible jury trial, claims Prince George's Hospital Centre in Cheverly, Maryland, crossed the line. Uh, Wheeler was landed by helicopter at Prince George's Hospital on June 23rd, was treated for blunt torso trauma after a car crash. When he woke up hungry the next morning, he said he was told by a nurse that he could not eat because he was having surgery that day. After checking Wheeler's hospital ID bracelet, the nurse told him the surgery was to have a potentially cancerous mass removed from his chest, according to the complaint filed August 17th. This is Wheeler then told the nurse he was at the hospital for injuries from a car crash, not cancer treatment. When he checked his ID bracelet, listen to this, he discovered it contained the name of what appeared to be a woman aged uh, 13 years older than he was. So they didn't get his gender mixed up. Fearing for his safety and that he was being prepped for surgery, which he was, uh, that he knew nothing about, Wheeler and his wife gathered their belongings and tried to leave the hospitals to seek treatment elsewhere, the court records show. Following an argument with hospital nurses who had not let him leave, the couple were then stopped by two hospital security guards who were immediately hostile. The guards shout profanities at Wheeler, and one of the men is accused of shoving him against a wall and beating him when he fell on the floor. This is what this is America. Yeah. So then he was held captive, uh, but he managed to get out uh, eventually. But how lucky he'd have had organs removed that were okay. They thought it was that a mixed up with some female, and of course the computer can't lie, regardless of what you look like. And there's hair grown out your chin. Uh, it doesn't matter. The computer is always right. I mean, this is the system we're living in. Uh, it's happening more and more and more often. But when you get to the state of Britain, and, and Americans don't know what's designed for them. I do know what's designed for them because, you see, I've got the report here from the RAND Corporation. And the U.S. government asked the RAND Corporation to look to find uh, the best national health service type of system to, to save them money that they could possibly find. And the RAND copied pretty well verbatim that of Britain. 
So that's what you're going to get for your great healthcare system. But again, it's under the, the United Nations Charter, under the World Health Organization. You have to get the minimal of care possible because we're all interdependent, you see, across the whole world now, for those who haven't quite figured it out. Now, there's Robert from Arizona. Are you there, Robert, on the line? I am, Alan. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller, but I've been following your work for quite a long time. But um, I definitely, uh, from everybody's work that I've been following for quite a long time, I see the convergence of this this, uh, tyrannical system really coming into play now. It's more than evidence. I mean, uh, I, I was listening to Alex uh, Jones today, and I don't know if you got a chance to, to listen in at all, but he had uh, Pastor Williams on today, and he had some quite revealing news, which I already knew was in the playbook, but he just brought it forward about how the, they're going to collapse the euro. I think it's going to happen very quickly, and I, I believe, in my point of view, from what I've been reading, it's, you know, I think it's going to happen within the next month, but that's my opinion. I could be wrong, but that's the way I'm seeing it. But whether it's the euro fall or collapses or the United States collapse, it's hand in hand. It's yeah. more than evidence the handwriting's on the wall, my friend. Yeah. Well, there's no, there's no doubt about it. The next crash has to be global. And again, to get this idea, we're all in it together now. We're all interdependent. And that's that's the way they will play the next one out. I've no doubt about that. This is all you're doing is going through a script. You understand? The people at the the top are not stupid. They plan sometimes fifty years ahead for different parts of the agenda. Oh, definitely. I would say well over a hundred years. I would say Mm -hmm. this plays back at least two hundred and fifty years. Oh, they wrote about it 250 years ago, the kind of system and society they wanted to bring in. And it was not to be what you thought was a, a democratic system as such. And in fact, um, they even believed that, in fact, even Washington believed it, that the public would get a, a form of democracy if they could ever prove that they could use it responsibly. And up till that, that time, they would have to have the, the, basically the wise men guiding them, meaning high masons. Absolutely. But the, democracy has always been the disguise. It's a great disguise. Isn't it a beautiful disguise, though, isn't it? Oh, incredible. Uh, incredible. Yeah. yeah. Incredible disguise of, oh, we're giving you democracy. We're going to free, we're going to, we're going to free countries from tyranny when they're, they're using the exact opposite strategy. And this is, it's always the same strategy. It's always the same. And then again, too, you're taxed in the limit because you've got to help your fellow man and maybe 2% of what they tax from everything, all the thousands of taxes out there, actually goes to what they claim it goes to. The rest goes into their pockets and into their big businesses and so on. And this was bank accounts. Absolutely, Alan. Uh, the one thing I, I would love to interject here is this, that everybody, well, not everybody, but a good majority of us have already figured out that if we simply stop playing their game, there is no more game to be had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, we all, if we just simply, I, mean, I look at Gandhi. He, he, the man was a true leader of peace, a true leader of peace. He was able to do something that no one had done on the planet. If, if we just simply say, we're not going to play your game anymore, it all ends for them. Mm-hmm. Here's a problem. Today, everyone, and this was carefully prepared for this time too, by the way, uh, again using the Bernese-type strategies, they've divided and conquered everyone into a hedonistic society where everyone's out for themselves. And they've tried to destroy very well the whole culture of each nation so you won't even stand together as a people for yourselves to save yourselves. 
Um, that was all designed for what's coming up today. Well, that's where I always divide and conquer. Right? And, and also in India, remember too, you still had a division of uh, of uh, basically Hindu and Muslim. So they figured they worked that out together, okay. But uh, and again, they played on on um, the conscience of the world watching uh, the British regime in India and elsewhere. Uh, today, in a global society, no one across the world has a country to compare to. We're all again, we're all in it together, and it's so what you see. Yeah. Well, I, it, you know, Alan, I, I always have an optimistic point of view. No, no matter what they, they can drop, try and do to us, mm-hmm. as we're all in it together, we yeah. can we can simply do that to them by stepping away. You know. That's right. I mean, I, I mean, it's true enough. I mean, you could stop all traffic tomorrow if everyone simply agreed. I'm not driving to work. I'm, I'm not going to buy that high-priced gasoline. I'm not going to take any more uh, aircraft uh, trips. Uh, at, and go through this humiliating experience at the airports. Uh, it certainly would work, but you will not get the people enough people to do it in today's society. Well, I, I definitely agree. And there's both sides of the coin. But even so, you should still do it for yourself. Absolutely, you're absolutely see, right. Because you've got to be true to yourself before you can be true to others. You see. I agree. I agree. Thank you for taking my call. And thanks for calling. Bye bye. Yep. Yeah, bye now. But that's the dilemmas we're in today. We have this uh, split, divided society. It's also apathetic in some ways. And, of course, the big players who designed this part of the system maybe 50 years ago, 60 years ago, like Bertrand Russell and others, actually wrote about it that they will create apathy and narcissism and hedonism until no one cares about anyone else. They'll be after pleasure for themselves only. Back after this break. Hi folks, this is Cutting Through the Matrix and I'll also put a link up tonight to show you the uh, Britain's finest, you know, the policeman uh, dragging a, a young fellow with cerebral palsy out of his wheelchair at a demonstration uh, twice. He did, he, did it in, he did it in fact and they dragged him across the concrete and all the rest of it and dumped him like a, a bag of garbage. Uh, that's the, the that's the that's what you've got dealing now with law enforcement because I've watched what 20, 30 years of blood guts movies you see, and SWAT teams in the movies and the guys in black and then these these particular creeps wanted to be that because of their bullies at school they're not so much bullies at school because they need a gang they they're not loners these cops they need a gang to be with where they're all uniform one form you see we're all one one fraternity to back each other up but they're very brave and you'll see them dragging this. Cerebral palsy fell on a wheelchair. And the, the cops, of course, are trying to say that he was charging them with a wheelchair. The guy can't even push it himself. He can't even turn the wheels on it. But this is the society we're living in today. When the last, the last right you have in the supposed, supposed fictitious democracy is the right to protest. If you don't have that, you have nothing. You have nothing. Always remember that, too. And the message is loud and clear. They don't want protests anymore. You're under an authoritarian system, as the Club of Rome uh, said they'd bring in years ago, back in the 70s. They said democracy doesn't work. 
Uh, there's too many conflicting parties. We can't get our agendas through. So therefore, we're, we're bringing in authoritarianism. And you're all being trained with, with, by, by so many numerous news reports into apathy. As Russell said, they would create, and he wanted that, of course, as part of this system, and to simply um, go along with an authoritarian structure. That's the system you're in. And they need an authoritarian system for the new communitarian uh, living that they're bringing into countries like Britain and across Europe and the U.S. and Canada, where little officials, appointed officials, will be your new commissars over you. And everything eventually will be rationed under austerity, you see, except for all the greenies who brought all this in, who live high on the hog, because they're special people and they can't live like you. They've got important people to meet and, and dignitaries to meet, and they've got to have a lot of cash and big houses and so on, maintained by your tax money, just like Plato said in the Republic. Far better to have the public pay for your palaces, maintain your horses, replace broken items, pay for all your food, than you actually own it yourself. That's what you're in. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Then you have the, the new House Financial Chairman in the U.S. Great name this guy's got. I've mentioned him before. An Alabama Republican Spencer Bacchus after the Bacchanalian Festival, for those who know what that is. Then coming Chairman of the House Banking Committee suggested Congress and federal regulators should play a subservient role with the banks. He says, in Washington, the view is that the banks are to be regulated, and my view is that Washington and the regulators are there to serve the banks, Bacchus told the Birmingham News in an interview. That's the world you're in today. And these guys' egos today are sky high, you see, because they're on a roll. They feel there's nothing to stop them now. Technically, there isn't, unless the public all this says, to hell with you, we're not going to use your cash anymore. Bring the whole place to a standstill. But again, that's a bit of fantasy there. Because you always get the, the ones, the scams used to cause them to cross the line. Well, I'm okay. Uh, I, I want to carry on like this. And unfortunately, most folk do as well. Having fun, too much fun, you see, till it's their turn. And then it's, they're screaming like stuck pigs. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, as good night to me, your God or your God's go with you.